Good morning. Colossians chapter 2, we're going to kind of pick up uh, where we left off last week. I don't know if you all remember, uh, but we were talking about growing in Christ in the weeks preceding, and then last week it was kind of, why do we need to grow? Why do we need to be rooted and and built up and and, uh, established in the faith? And it was because uh, there, in verse 8, it says, beware, Uh, there's, there's danger out there, and and so if you would, turn your attention to verse 6. We're going to read down through verse uh, 15, and uh, then we'll look at what the Lord has for us this week. <clears throat> As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have uh, been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in putting off of the body of the, the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein uh, also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead." And you being dead in your tre- or, excuse me, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Father, we do thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that your word would go forth. With power, Lord, and Lord, that you give clarity, and Lord, that you just do a work in each and every heart. I pray that your word would accomplish that which you intend in each person that's here this morning, and that you would be glorified in every word that's said, and Lord, that you would just strengthen the believers, and we'll give you the thanks for it in Jesus' name, amen. And so, <clears throat> uh, I'm kind of picking up in the middle of my notes, and, I, and obviously I reviewed this before this morning, but... I was having a hard time where, where we left off last week and how we transition into to what we're going to talk about this week. And, and so we're going to do a little recap. And uh, verse 6, As ye therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. And that word walk there has the idea to live in Him. Uh, to, to, to live in Him. This verb encompasses every aspect of living or conduct. Every aspect, so the thoughts, the actions, the relationships, the speech, you know, every aspect of life it ought to be uh, in Christ, and the life of the believer is to be totally lived in Christ. Um, it, it's a good, uh, good thought here. He furnishes the motivation, pattern, and energy for Christian living. Uh, it's in Him. Uh, we find that in Him, and <clears throat> I've underlined this down in verse 8, just kind of as a recap. Uh, in the latter part of verse 8, and not after Christ. And so we talked about uh, beware, and there's some, some things out there. There's, there's those that intend to spoil us, if you will, um, through their philosophy and vain deceit. And, and we talked about philosophy and, and the love of wisdom, if you will, and, and just trying to get that knowledge. And, and in the context of this passage, it's not a godly wisdom. Um, it, it's a worldly one, and it says vain deceit, and it says after the rudiments of the world, right, the teachings of the world. And we need to be aware. That's why we have to be built up and established. But I underline the latter part of verse 8. It says, and not after Christ. Anything not after Christ was to be rejected. Uh, 
anything. And, and we need to apply that to our lives today. There are teachings out there that have been around for, for centuries. There are newer teachings, if you will. And, but anything that's not after Christ, we ought to reject. And, um, and that's why it's so important that we know Christ. And I'm not just talking about know him for salvation purposes, but I'm talking about knowing him and understanding him and, and walking with him daily and, and reading the word of God. And, and, and listen, I feel like for so many years of my Christian life, I was missing out. Um, and, and that can be humbling to admit publicly. But I'll be honest with you, I didn't walk with God like I ought to. I wasn't in the Word of God. I wasn't praying. I wasn't seeking after Christ. It was, you know, I, I read the Bible and, and I was faithful to those things. And, and sometimes I think if we're not careful in, in today's Christianity, we do all the right things and we show up to, at the right places and it's not personal. And we're not digging into the Word of God ourselves and we're not praying ourselves and we're not doing those things. And I have to admit that I was that way for, for many years, especially as a young person, as a young Christian. And um, it's so critical that we get in the Word of God because if we don't, then sometimes that vain deceit pops up or those rudiments of the world, those teachings of the world. And if we don't know Christ like we ought to, we can be spoiled. And, and so we need to remember that. But, um, and so that's kind of recap from last week. And, and, but listen, walk, live in Christ. That, that we can sum that up, right? And, and we can go back and talk about being rooted and built like we did last week and established. But for the sake of time, we're not going to do that. And, uh, <clears throat> but verse 9, for, him, uh, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And here in verse 10 is where we're going to kind of pick up where we left off last week. And it says, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. And, and we talked about Christ is all we need. Um, he's all the fullness of God that we need. And, and uh, we are complete in him uh, means to be furnished or completely filled. And I know we talked about that last week and, and kind of briefly, but it originally referred to the idea of a, a ship being totally outfitted and made ready for a voyage. This ship is complete. It's ready to go. And um, in Christ, uh, when we receive him as our Savior, we, are, we uh, are not everything that we should be and can be, but we have everything we need for the spiritual voyage. Second uh, Peter 1.3 says this, According to his divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to his glory and virtue. God, at, at, at salvation, we received everything that we need. Uh, all of Christ that we need to, to live this life. Um, nothing else is needed to augment what we have in Christ. We don't need those teachings, those rudiments of the world. We don't need the philosophies of the world. We don't need any of that. We have what we need in Christ. Uh, and if we do what we ought to be doing in, in studying the Word of God and walking with God, we'll realize that. Oftentimes people go searching in other areas because they haven't gotten this. Um, but, but if we get in this book and, and we do what God tells us to do and we become doers of the book, um, we're, we're safe. Uh, we have all that we need. We don't have to look anywhere else. And, and I don't know why I keep hammering that point, but I think it's so important in our churches today. Um, I know people, friends that I grew up with, that, that grew up in Christian homes, uh, that were saved, went to good Bible-preaching, teaching churches, and they're not in church today. Uh, and, and 
uh, then there's those that are in a different type of a church that doesn't preach the Word of God because they've been spoiled. And it's critical. We need to get in the Word of God. Pastor mentioned it, I think, Wednesday night. It was, well, it wasn't Wednesday because I don't come to church. Well, I'm here, but uh, maybe it was last week. I don't remember when it was, but I'm here on Wednesdays, but just not in the main auditorium. I'm looking forward to Brother Long being back. But, but, um, but he made mention of not just letting him be the guy studying for you. It's so critical. I think it, far too many Christians in our churches do that. Uh, the only word of God that they get is when they're at church. And that's not enough. That's not enough. It might hold you for a little bit, uh, but it's not long-term solution. <clears throat> But, but, and it goes on, Jesus is the head of all principality and power, and this means Jesus has power over all the forces that exist in the universe. Um, pretty simple stuff here. I'm not, uh, not going to write a, an exhaustive commentary like Matthew Henry. Um, in Christ, we lack nothing. We need to know about God and live for Him. And uh, we're going to move on here. It says, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and and so the right of circumcising all male descendants of, uh, of Abraham at the age of eight days was to show faith in God's promise to Abraham. Uh, you can see that in Genesis 17. And, uh, however, listen, in this time frame, some, some had made this become uh, part of salvation. They believed that physical circumcision was essential for salvation. And therefore, they added that to Christ, if you will. They added that requirement. And... and uh, <clears throat> Yet circumcision, like water baptism, was symbolic here. Uh, it symbolizes the cutting off of the old life of sin and submitting to God. Um, you can jot down Deuteronomy 10, 16 there if you want. You can go back and look at that. But, but um, spiritual circumcision is putting off, in verse 11, in putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Uh, Christ performs spiritual circumcision uh, by cutting away our sinful nature. Uh, the sign or evidence of spiritual circumcision is a desire to live a new life. I know that's true in my life. I'll never forget when I got saved, I was ready to change everything. Um, and it was, there was a lot of zeal without knowledge there. But, um, but listen, Christ sets us free from our sinful desires by a spiritual surgery. And it's not a physical one. Uh, we don't need circumcision uh, for salvation. Uh, spiritual circumcision takes place the moment we receive Christ. I believe. Uh, in Christ, our old lives pass away and we become new creatures in Him. 2 Corinthians 5.17, we, we quote that verse very frequently, right? And we're new creatures in Christ. God has done something different. We're going to look at uh, here in a few moments about being quickened a little bit and just briefly. But in, in verse uh, 12, it goes on, buried with Him in baptism. Buried? Did I say bird? So buried, I can't even say it right now, wherein ye also are risen with him, uh, just as there are two kinds of circumcision, physical and spiritual, uh, there are two kinds of baptisms, physical and spiritual. And, uh, and we can look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 5 where it says, John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And, and, uh, but, but since Paul is explaining spiritual circumcision in verse 11, I, I believe it's pretty obvious he's referring to a spiritual baptism here in verse 12. And a water baptism pictures a spiritual reality. It pictures or symbolizes our identification in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, uh, and that we are spiritually raised to walk in newness of life, uh, Romans chapter 6. But uh, spiritual baptism, not physical, is the evidence of our salvation. Uh, for by one spirit 
Are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free? And we have been all made to drink into one spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. But listen, I think it's pretty clear in verse 12 there. It says, salvation comes exclusively, look what it says, through the faith in the operation of God who hath raised Christ from the dead. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that saves and changes us. And uh, the same power also enables us to do God's will. Um, we got everything we needed at salvation. When we put our faith in Christ, we got everything that we needed to live for Him. Uh, there, all the power that, that was needed to save us and, and to give us victory, we got it at salvation. And, and uh, God does that. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Verse 15, I, I think this is where we're going <clears> to <throat> spend a little bit more time. Not, or look, Sorry, I got ahead of my notes here. Uh, before salvation... Uh, we were dead in our, in our sins and in the uncircumcision of our flesh. Look, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh had thee quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Uh, the word dead describes the spiritual state of every human being apart from Christ. Uh, dead things don't feel. Dead things don't respond. And... Uh, <clears throat> It is being dead to spiritual stimuli, right? That's the idea here, spiritual things. And uh, we were dead to those things. People who are physically dead are unable to respond, right? If I were to drop dead right here and, and uh, uh, if you came up here and you started talking to me, I'm not going to respond. Hey, Justin, I'm not going to say anything. I'm dead. I'm physically dead. You're, you're, you're trying to stimulate me physically, but I'm physically dead, so you can't. I'm not, I will not respond. You could kick me in the ribs, not going to respond. Uh, it, I won't feel it. It won't affect me. And, uh, but we're, when we talk about that, it has no effect on us. And uh, we were spiritually dead without Christ. And uh, water baptism pictures that when we're raised to walk in newness of life. And... and uh, <clears throat> That's not what I meant to say. Excuse me. That was totally off. But um, when we read the Bible, it does not make sense. When the natural man reads the Bible, it does not make sense and does not inspire them. They think worship services are boring and a waste of time because they're dead spiritually. They're spiritually dead. They don't understand those things because they're not, they haven't been quickened. They haven't been made alive. And, and uh, so just like me physically dead here, uh, when we were without Christ and we were dead... Uh, we didn't understand those things. The natural or unsaved people do not understand the things of the Spirit of God. Um, do you remember when you were there? I remember when I was. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And I'll never forget when I felt lost, and I realized that I was that way. Um, and I knew something, I needed something. I didn't know what it was until I heard that preacher preach that one day in that revival, and I went forward and received Christ. But, um, <clears throat> but here's where I think I want to focus, at least start to focus this morning, is in verse 13, in, in the latter part of that verse, and it says, you, I'll put that in there, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all 
trespasses. God made us alive in Christ when he forgave all of our sins. There could be no spiritual life apart from forgiveness of sin. And the idea of forgiveness, I think sometimes we struggle with. Look at verse 14. It says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. The, the word there translated handwriting of ordinance has the idea of, or it refers to a certificate handwritten by the debtor to acknowledge his debt. Uh, to, to understand that they have that debt, much like signing a credit card receipt. You, you sign this thing understanding you have this. Uh, this record of debt is a ledger of our trespasses against God's law. This handwriting, the, the, it, it's documented uh, that we have uh, transgressed an almighty God. <clears throat> that was against us. That phrase there uh, has the idea of our, that record cries out for payment. We had offended a God. We had transgressed against God. And, and we have this record against us that just cries out for payment. It demands something. Uh, it demands to be paid for. It demands to be covered. And it's an enormous sin debt we can never pay. This thing is documented, it's written down that we have a debt. Uh, and, and do you remember that day when you realized that you had a debt? That you had transgressed the holy God, you had sin. I remember that day. And, and, uh, but it's crying out for payment. It's this enormous thing that we can't do. Uh, that phrase there, blotting out the handwriting, means to wipe out, like erasing a chalkboard or marker board. How many of you remember the Etch-A-Sketch? Right, you put all that stuff in there with these two little knobs. You shake that thing up and it disappears. It's gone. Uh, blotting out. And uh, blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. When we talk about blotting it out, it, it's to obliterate. It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. And um, when you think about that, listen, I think we have a harder time letting our sins go than God does. Oftentimes we beat ourselves up over and over on something. We uh, continually, we just won't give it up. We, we can, and sometimes maybe that's because we haven't truly forsaken that thing. That can haunt us, right? But, but listen, when you confess and forsake that sin and God cleanses you from all unrighteousness, uh, we need to do a better job about forgetting it like God did. Uh, rather than letting those things hold us down. And, and remember, I want to remind you today, he blotted that out. It's obliterated as far as the east is from the west. And uh, the east is from the west. They don't touch. We haven't discovered the deepest part of the ocean yet. They're buried. Uh, God has obliterated your sin if you've confessed it. And, and listen, this morning, I find great encouragement and strength and confidence in being able to serve Him because I know that. Well, when you have sin in your life and, and, and you're struggling with things, I don't have the confidence like I ought to. It's an amazing thing to know that that sin is gone. 
God's taken that and gotten rid of it. And, and uh, <clears throat> Paul goes on to explain how God did this in Christ. Uh, in verse 14, it says, He took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Uh, he got rid of that stuff forever. He nailed it to the cross. It's gone. Uh, what can we do about our past due, Bill? What can we do about that? We can only let God take the, the cross damp with Jesus' blood and wipe away the handwriting of ordinances that stands against us. That's the only way. I'm so thankful for the love of God that He would make a way. The cross. Ephesians 1.7 says this, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. This morning, I just want to encourage you that in Christ, those things are settled. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I know in my life, throughout the years, I've struggled with not letting my sin go. I tend to hold myself back because, oh, I, I failed in this area. I've done this, I've done that. I've confessed it, and, and, and God has forgiven me, but I haven't let that thing go. And consequently, it's hindered my ability to serve Him. And so this morning, I want you to understand that, that it's obliterated. It's gone. It's blotted out. God is not thinking of that any longer. God has taken that, and, and He's forgotten about it. So let's do a better job about forgetting it ourselves. Um, he's forgotten. Why do we keep bringing it up? That's good in marriage, too. We can, we can, this isn't marriage counseling, but man, when you get something right in the marriage, don't bring that thing up. You ladies are good at remembering stuff. I don't, it's amazing. So, but uh, uh, what's that? Don't lump everyone together. Fair enough. So I'm only married to one. Thank the Lord, because I couldn't handle any more. But, um, but listen, we, we need to forget about some things and uh, be a forgiving people. Uh, we're commanded to forgive as we've been forgiven. And I know I mentioned marriage, but that's in all areas. Our church would be better off if we just forgive people for being goofy sometimes, for making mistakes in, in those things. Listen, we all do it, right? And we want forgiveness. We want people to let things go. We need to do it as well. And uh, <clears throat> Jesus is all we need for victorious living. Look at verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, trying over, triumphing over them in it. And, and uh, Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. Uh, that word spoiled literally means stripped. Uh, it, it has the idea of a defeated enemy being stripped of their weapons and armor. And they were spoiled on the battlefield. And uh, when I think of this verse, I always think of David and Goliath. And how God wrought such a great victory with David there. And David goes over and gets on that giant and takes his own sword. And he cuts his head off. I picture that David, you know, you, you got a giant here. David's a younger guy. He might have been full size by this age. But, but I picture him just drawing that thing out. Standing on top of that giant behemoth. I don't know if it took two, three. I don't know how sharp that thing was, but he cuts that guy's head off. 
Jesus spoiled all principalities and powers. There's no power that we can overcome in Christ. Um, what? Anybody play sports growing up? I played sports growing up. I went to, for my high school years, um, at least most of my high school years, I went to Faith Baptist Academy. When I started going there, there was no sports program, really. We would show up with all these other schools that had big sports programs. They had the uniforms. We had sweatpants and T-shirts, and, and uh, we looked like just clowns, really, honestly. Um, <clears throat> these guys looked like athletes and stuff, and here we are trying to compete, and uh, we always lost. I hated it. <laughs> lost, lost. Thank you. Grammar. Uh, we always lost. I did say lose, didn't I? <laughs> so... Uh, they, nobody noticed it but you, but now everybody knows. So, Oh, sorry. So we always lost. I hated it. Nobody wants to be on the losing team. We would travel for hours. We'd get in the church van, and, and we'd go, and, and we'd get all ready. And over the years, we kind of, I started my freshman, half of my freshman years when I started there. And, and uh, so sophomore year, we kind of were okay, you know, and then you get some kids in that are a little more athletic, you know, and you start, you begin competing at least, right? Rather than just getting mop the floor with you, you, you started actually scoring some points and you were competitive. I was like, ah, this is, this is good. But I was still a loser when we drove home. I hated it. I'll never forget, we were playing, I think the school was Country Christian Academy, something like that, and, and we won. And our coach, you, we've, we lost it. The team, we lost it. We shot it was like a last-minute buzzer beater. We were up by a point, and we won the game. We lost it. We were screaming and hollering, and our coach like, act like you've been here before. And we're like, we never have. We don't know how to act, you know. We've never won anything. And it was such a great feeling to win. Amen. We're on the winning side in Christ. He has spoiled the enemy. He has defeated anything that can stand and oppose us. We are more than conquerors. Uh, we are on the winning side, and, and he made a show of it openly, trying up over them in it. He publicly exposed the failure of satanic powers to interrupt God's plan of salvation. Uh, we're on the winning side. God wants us to know that though evil powers still exist, they are disarmed before his followers. They're out there. We, we just talked last week about being aware, and, and there's those that seek to spoil us and, and to... To, to catch us off guard, if you will, and to uh, really to, to destroy us. We know that the devil is like a roaring lion. And, but listen, he's disarmed them. We are victorious. Because Christ's victory, we do not have to live in fear of Satan's power. Uh, we are victorious. And we do not need mediums, good luck charms, astrologers, any of those things to protect us. Again, I want to remind you, we have all that we need in Jesus Christ. All that we need, the fullness of God in Christ. And 1 John 5, 4 says this, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. We are victorious in Christ. We can't be spoiled if we stick to the book if we walk, if we live in Christ, uh, Christ gives us victory. We must be established in the faith, right? We, we talked about that last week, about being rooted and built up. And uh, Christ is all we need to overcome those that would attempt to persuade us away, and He's all we need to live victorious.
Let's pray. Father, Lord, we do thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for this message and, Lord, the teaching of the Word of God, how they're so good and, and so needful today. And, Lord, I know that's been true throughout history, but, Father, I pray that we would truly be a people that would live and walk in Christ. And, Lord, that you would build us up, that you would strengthen us, that we would be rooted and grounded. And, Father, that we would make a difference in our communities. And, Lord, now we ask that you'd bless the service to follow, that you would just do a work in hearts and lives, and that you would change each one to be more like Christ. Save the lost. We'll give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen.